Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and you don't have to check your calendars. Uh, we are a little off. We are going to be switching up our calendar a little bit. Normally, this is a every other week show, uh, but we are going to be doing every other week from here on out, uh, starting this weekend, just because of some personal stuff that has kind of wonked up my schedule a little bit. So with that, let's go ahead and start getting our house rules in order. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, that is the best way to get a hold of all the new and latest and greatest episodes that we release. Also, if you can, leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, it is the best way for people to find gun-related content whenever they are looking for their podcast through their podcast subscriber. Also, go ahead and check us out on social media. We are on Facebook under the number 2A, that is 2A Lifestyle. And on Instagram, 2 is spelled out T-W-O-A Lifestyle. Also, we have a website that is 2alifestyle.com. It is the number 2alifestyle.com. I tell you what, I just wish I could say 2A Lifestyle number 2, but fucking whoever has the Instagram on 2A Lifestyle uh, took the number 2-1 from us, and they are a bunch of cunts, so... Uh, anyway, got to keep saying it like it is. But yeah, check out our website. It's a good place. We have a little bit of gear that you can, uh, you know, represent some 2A Lifestyle swag. Also, uh, we post some articles on there. Going to be writing actually a couple in reference to some stuff that we're going to be talking about here in the podcast. But we're going to go a little bit more depth in our articles. So be looking out on that. And also, we have a Patreon. Uh, anything you guys give us on Patreon goes directly back into the show. It goes to. Uh, publish this podcast uh, on all the various platforms Uh, it goes to buy new equipment like this new mic that my silky sounding voice is going through right now Uh, it also helps us for things like SHOT Show is coming up SHOT Show is coming up and I am hoping to go and that is going to be great for y'all because we're going to get uh, the latest and greatest news of what's going on in the firearms industry and also it's going to help us you know, reach out, get some contacts, uh, get some new people on the show. Speaking of people on the show, hopefully we're going to be, I for sure am going to have one guest on the show. Be looking out for that. And also hopefully we're going to have another guest on that we talked about recently in a previous episode to give you all a little bit more detail about what we talked about. So be looking forward to that. And with that, let's go ahead and start getting into the show. In 2020, you see black and white, and the jazz are bunny. I beat the drum all night. This didn't happen overnight. You see me out here right. Let's catch a flight to summer nights. I'm lost in paradise. All right, so getting into the main segment of the podcast, we're going to be talking about a couple interesting things I am very uh, excited to talk about, honestly. Uh, We're going to be mainly just talking about two news stories, and honestly, these two news stories themselves can fill up an entire podcast, which is good because one reason why I don't do it every week uh, based on not just my time, but uh, just because it's harder to find newsworthy items to fill up at least an hour of a show. So, but there are two things that are very interesting that we're going to be talking about, which I'm glad. And I will say, I didn't mention uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death in the last podcast, and this is—I swear this happens whenever I fucking do these podcasts and don't do them 
on Sunday because I'm actually recording this on Monday because I uh, end up working around 18 hours uh, Saturday night going into Sunday morning. So I fucking kind of slept all day Sunday um, because, uh, you know, anytime I don't do it on the usual Sunday, it seems like some shit always happens. Uh, last time I did this fucking uh, Kenosha Kyle happened and I had to wait, you know, two weeks before I could talk about him, which was honestly a good thing because um, a lot of stuff came out that we've talked about previously when we've talked about Kenosha Kyle. Uh, and then, of course, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death. So I am very interested uh, to see. Well, I already saw y'all's reactions in reference to it, and I got a lot of fucking heat about it, actually, honestly. You know, in reference to Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I'm just going to say fucking RBG from here on out just because her name is kind of a tongue twister. But, you know, RBG, she was definitely not a friend to the Second Amendment. Now, I will definitely say that uh, RBG was a friend to the uh, equality of women, Um, you know, uh, something that she did that was very influential uh, in women's rights was she was uh, able to, you know, she was a part of the reason why uh, women's dependents in the, you know, women in the military, their dependents can get the same amount of coverage as uh, male service members. I mean, that was uh, a RBG case that she did. So, I mean, RBG did do some good things in reference to that. And I would say this as, uh, you know, a father to a little girl that, uh, you know, wants to be, you know, in the army like daddy and, and she wanted to, uh, she wants to fucking be an astronaut. And I tell her, you know, that's the easiest way to do is just join the military, you know, because most, most fucking astronauts, uh, either scientists or they are members of the military. So, uh, but you know, RBG did a lot of good stuff, uh, in regards to women's right, but she was absolute shit. She was a fucking enemy, enemy to the second amendment. Uh, so the fact that, and not only that RBG, if you've fucking seen any news, you could tell that she has been on the decline for a long fucking time. And, you know, I think her and, uh, you know, Joe Biden, his fucking uh, mental uh, ineptitudes. Uh, and, you know, I saw something with Nancy Pelosi. She was on a uh like whatever the good morning America show is for CBS. Uh, she was on there and you know, they asked her, uh, you know, she went through a whole segment and they asked her some questions and then she started all over again. Like she completely forgot what the fuck happened. So, you know, I think honestly, especially when it comes to people that are influencing our government on any level, really, but especially on the national level, you should have a yearly mental aptitude test to make sure that you have the wherewithal to, uh, to fulfill the office in a proper way and that you aren't, you know, suffering from any sort of dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever the fuck because, and, and I'm telling you right now, uh, you know, it, it goes to show that they there needs to be fucking term limits. Even in the Supreme Court, I will say, even in the Supreme Court, there needs to be term limits. Um, but, you know, going on with that, that, that's why we didn't talk about RBG's death in the last podcast, even though the podcast was released after her death. I recorded it literally the day before her death. So, uh, you know, and I thought about just go ahead and uh, recording uh, just a quick segment that I could plug into the podcast, but I knew uh, Trump was going to, you know, regardless of whatever the fuck anyone said, he was going to nominate somebody uh, to fill RBG's seat. Even though, you know, and, and I'll fucking say myself, you know, I'm, I'm a, a logical, consistent political ideologue. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't want um, 
what was his fucking guy's name? You know, the guy that uh, Obama nominated in his last year in office, uh, Garland, Michael Garland. Uh, you know, I didn't want Obama to, uh, con- you know, nominate and then the Senate possibly confirm Garland as a Supreme Court justice because I wanted to hold on to the hope that at the time Trump was going to get elected uh, because I felt that, you know, even though I was curious about Trump's politics at the time, uh, you know, I figured Trump would uh, nominate a more conservative justice than what Obama would. Uh, And I feel the same way, honestly, kind of hate to say, you know, consistent should be the same with this. Um, You know, I, again, would much rather, you know, personally, uh, Trump to nominate a Supreme Court justice versus Biden if he wins, but um, I'm consistent. I felt the same way back then. I, I, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Uh, feel this, feel the way now. But anyway, regardless, that's all fucking personal feelings. Trump is nominating somebody, so I felt that I wanted to uh, go ahead and hold off on recording a little bit about RBG's death because I felt that we were going to have a nominee between uh, then and now, and we obviously do, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into Amy Coney Barrett, uh, I'm going to be talking about another interesting thing that has happened since then. We have talked uh, you know, previously about Remington filing for bankruptcy. So Remington, as a brand themselves, uh, they're most likely gone for forever. So if you got any Remington guns, they're probably going to be a good collector's item later on down the road. So, um, But because Remington has filed for bankruptcy, uh, they are having a bankruptcy auction, basically selling off parts of their business. And, uh, you know, Remington has numerous uh, things that fall under it. Uh, they uh, have Bushmaster, uh, they have ammunition manufacturers, uh, all this kind of stuff. And uh, they have announced the winners of their uh, their uh, you know fucking sections of their business. Fucking sorry, folks. I'm telling you, I'm I'm a little bit. <laughs> seems like I'm a little bit fucking uh, scatterbrained. But uh, anyway. The big part of that is uh, JJE Capital Holdings. And now uh, what JJ Capital, JJE Capital Holdings is, is uh, basically it's Palmetto State. So uh, what Palmetto State ended up winning was uh, DPMS, H&R, Storm Lake, AAC, and Parker Brands. Uh, now we were kind of hoping that they would get the ammunition business, uh, but unfortunately, uh, Sierra Bullets won that. And uh, basically, what happened was the uh, Barnes Ammunition business and Barnes Acquisition, uh, which is the uh, you know ammunition portion, I guess. Anyway, fucking going on with what I was gonna say is that JJE Capital Holdings uh, won parts of the uh, Remington Holdings. And that's a big thing because, you know, we make a lot of fun of Palmetto State Armory, and it's all good and fun. But I will say that I own um, three three Palmetto State AR-15 lowers uh, that I do my builds on. And, you know, a lot of people say there's quality control and stuff like that. And and I'm sure there is, just like there is with a lot of brands that you're not paying Buku money for. 
you know, the, when they're doing more just kind of a mass production kind of thing. Uh, you saw that like with Bushmaster. Uh, Bushmaster started really going down when they started really ramping up production uh, because they were like one of the few AR-15 manufacturers bef- uh, when AR-15 started becoming really popular and the demand started soaring for them. Uh, you, you know, uh, Springfield, uh, you know, other brands that make AR-15s, you know, everybody has quality control issues. And like I said, unless you're really paying for that buck, that money, uh, for uh, there to be extra scrutinizing uh, processes uh, along the production line to make sure that all the products that are coming off the production line are met to standard, which, you know, you expect a company to do that. But I tell you, it seems like Palmetto State Armory, uh, the few things that they've had issues with that I've personally known people had issues with, uh, they've taken care of it pretty, you know, swift. They're good customer service. And honestly, uh, Palmetto State Armory, if you've ever been to their brick and mortar stores, they're fucking amazing. Uh, I used to go up to Virginia a lot to meet my ex-in-laws and we used to have to drive through South Carolina and I stopped every time going back and forth. Uh, to Virginia, every time we went, I stopped at the Columbia, South Carolina brick and mortar store for Palmetto State Armory. I have some Palmetto State Armory t-shirts just because the fucking store is, is awesome. It's amazing. Uh, you know, it's like uh, almost like a mini Walmart, you know, not a bastardized version uh, like Bass Pro Shops or Academy. Um, I mean, it's like a little mini Walmart because they have everything. And then also, there's some shit that are in the stores that are, they don't even have online. Uh, I've picked up like a really good uh, like blend barrel uh, th- from the stores. Uh, you know, it was just like a little blem in the bluing. So, you know, just I was going to plan on Cerakoting the rifle anyway. So, you know, Palmetto State Armory is a great business. They are doing a lot of good for the gun community. In my personal opinion, like I said, we love to make fun of them. We love to make fun of people for for buying Palmetto State Armory rifles and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Palmetto State Armory rifles, you know, they're really not made for like SEAL Team 6 or Delta or Rangers uh, or Marine Recon or whatever the fuck it may be. Uh, they're not making rifles for that sort of extreme duty use, but they make rifles that the average sportsman uh, is going to use and love. Uh, they are, you know, doing a great job. And the people at Palmetto State, have actually come out and said that the reason why they churn out so many AR-15 type rifles is because uh, in the uh, Keller case, which is you know pretty interesting because that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit later uh, in regards to the Supreme Court. Uh, in the Keller case, uh, they mentioned that you know weapons that are in common usage. So the you know people over at Palmetto have said that if they get it to the point where uh, AR-15s are in such common usage that it would help fall under that Keller case. So that is kind of the reasoning why they're churning out so many fucking AR-15s. And also, they are expanding their lines. You know, they make AK-47 style rifles uh, in not just uh, 7.62 by 39, but also in 9mm. Uh, and those are pretty good. You know, there's a lot of good reviews about their AK style rifles. Uh, they're 
it just released uh, a Glock style handgun, and that shit was so popular. I mean, less than three hundred dollars for uh, a gun that takes Glock magazines, which are you know numerous in different uh, avail you know options and availability availability fucking uh from different manufacturers you know you can get like a, a nice ets magazine those are good magazines for like you know 13 15 bucks you know it depends on if they're on sale so you can get yourself a lot of magazines instead of having to pay like 20 or you know 25 30 35 dollars uh for a spare magazine like for uh taurus or whatever the fuck it may be uh and that's something that palmetto's done and you know they sold out within 12 minutes uh, when they released that first model uh, PSA dagger, which is what they called that Glock style handgun, uh, you know, Glock innards and all that kind of stuff, uh, their website crashed because there was such an influx of people going on their website to build uh, to buy them, and that's great and amazing. I was actually really wanting one, but I'm you know I'm I didn't realize that they weren't dropping all their models at once. They're doing uh, you know uh, limited drop on this was the base model that they did, which is just a plain. Plain carry gun, you know, it doesn't have threaded barrel, doesn't have suppressor height sights, not optic ready, and all that kind of stuff. They are releasing a model with all that extra options later on, which is what I really want to get because, uh, you know, I would like to kind of, uh, you know, do a review on it, do side by side comparison with my Glocks that I currently have and stuff like that. And that thing is only going to, you know, when they released, uh, they were doing it, the uh, MSRP was only going to be 350 So, you know, you get all that shit from. Uh, a gun where you know if you wanted a Glock MOS that's uh, optics ready, but it doesn't even come with suppressor height sights. Doesn't even come with a threaded barrel. Uh, you're looking at around MSRP of like six fifty to seven hundred dollars, and shit with the uh, you know shortages of, of firearms and ammunition that's going on now. You know you're looking closer probably to around seven fifty eight hundred dollars. Uh, so you know Palmetto State Armory does a lot of good with the Second Amendment community, and especially the farms community, making the common man, you know, not only be able to afford a High Point or a Taurus, or, you know, or a Jennings, whatever the fuck, you know, they're trying to build affordable, reliable, semi-good quality. You know, I'm not going to say quality because, you know. There are, you know, the quality control issues and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, they're, they're building firearms that are of good quality for the average everyday person, not for, you know, SEAL Team 6, but just the average everyday person. So that is interesting stuff. Uh, I'm very excited to see what Glock's going to, or not Glock shit, uh, what uh, PSA is going to be doing now that they're acquiring part of this. Uh, I'm, you know, very interested to see what they're going to acquire in the future because I guarantee you PSA is not done uh, expanding on this. I am sure that they are going to purchase either more brands, especially once this uh, fucking current pan, you know, panic buying ceases. You know, we saw it in 2012. You saw, you know, more AR-15 companies pop up uh, and then Tons of them folded over, but then we also ended up getting great brands and, and companies come out like Sense Liberty Gunworks and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm interested to see who they're going to buy after this. And I guarantee you that the next thing that they're probably going to be building with, I'd say within 10 years, are suppressors. Uh, they're going to probably be building suppressors uh, that, again, the average day, you know, average American everyday person is going to be able to afford and use on top of that tax stamp. And especially if we can get these 
Supreme Court justices in that might be able to uh, overturn certain legislation. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, very excited to see what Palmetto State Armory is going to do with this in the future. So be on the lookout for that. That is awesome. That is amazing. I'm happy for Palmetto State Armory. I think they do great work uh, for the firearms industry. Uh, and I would love to have him on the show, but that's not my guest that I was going to be talking about earlier. Uh, but let's go on into the main portion of this, and that is Amy Coney Barrett. Now, Amy Barrett is the Supreme Court nominee that Donald Trump has picked to go through uh, Senate confirmation, and that will actually be occurring on October 12th. So be looking for this because this is going to be very interesting. Uh, you know, talking a little bit about Amy Barrett, she is 48 years old. Uh, she did her um, her education at uh, she got fucking English literature at Rhodes College in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, she ended up getting her law degree from Notre Dame, and she ended up being a just a Supreme Court clerk under Antonin Scalia. Now Scalia uh, is obviously a humongous Second Amendment advocate. She, you know, I say advocate. He's just really followed the fucking Constitution uh, in regards to the Second Amendment. You know, it, it's kind of one of them things that, you know, you can call yourself an advocate, but shit, you know, it's in the Constitution plain as day. Uh, so, I, you know, just a constitutionalist. Uh, she was a clerk for Antonin Scalia in 1998 and 1999. Uh, she, you know, obviously when somebody clerks with somebody, uh, you know, if you're just graduating law student and you go do a clerk uh, clerkship with a judge, you know, that A, you're kind of going to be already, you know, thinking like that judge because you uh, look, uh, you know, you look up to these judges. Uh, you know, my uh, brother, he was a clerk to a judge uh, at the U.S. tax court because he's a fucking tax attorney. Um, but, you know, you kind of, uh, you know, look out for the judges that you kind of want to be mentored by. Uh, and, you know, obviously she picks Scalia. And then not only that, when, because I'm telling you, the clerks really do most of the fucking work in regards to uh, judgeship, especially uh, at these U.S. Ta uh, US courts. So she did a lot of the work for Scalia and we saw some of the amazing pro second amendment decisions that Scalia has come out with so that is you know kind of in and I'm kind of giving this background because honestly uh, Barrett does not have a lot to go on in regards to her current judicial opinions and we'll go into that later on so she uh, clerked for uh, Scalia uh, until 1999, and then she went to go be an attorney uh, for a law firm in D.C., uh, and she actually was involved in the case of Bush v. Gore in 2000. Uh, you know, I was young as shit when that happened. Uh, I was barely just a teenager, uh, and, you know, I remember it just because my parents were making such a big deal about it, and they were saying I need to pay attention uh, because this is history, and it kind of is history uh and you know she obviously she worked in that and uh she was involved in that lawsuit so uh and then for most of her you know adult life uh she was a law school teacher she ended up you know teaching at various um law schools to include uh the george washington university law school uh and then she ended up returning to notre dame law school uh where she taught for 
most of her adult life until she became a judge uh, in the Seventh Circuit. So uh, then in 2017, uh, she was nominated by our current president, Donald Trump, to the United States Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit. Uh, and she ended up uh, she ended up actually going to uh, fucking a she ended up uh, going on to uh, and being confirmed and she had some uh, opinions in regards to that but the that circuit covers uh, that circuit and actually covers uh, Indiana Illinois and Wisconsin so that's what the Seventh Circuit covers. Now, she has had some uh, interesting cases on there, and I'm going to pick out two. Uh, obviously, the only Second Amendment case that she has uh, gone in and given opinion on is Cantor v. Barr. Uh, and I'm going to speak way more in detail about that, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about the next case, which I also think is very interesting because it's kind of Second Amendment, kind of Fourth Amendment, uh, but it is United States v. Watson, uh, and this was in 2018. Now, what's interesting about this case, uh, because I'm a freedom-loving person, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a fucking cop, uh, you know, but I like to, you know, protect freedoms and I, you know, that's the most important part of my job to me is to protect people's freedom to life, liberty, and property. Uh, so in the fourth amendment, uh, case of United States v. Watson, it was interesting because, uh, the very, um, basics part of the case is is that police responded uh, to an anonymous tip stating that people were playing with guns in a parking lot. Uh, police arrived uh, and they ended up searching the defendant's vehicle and they took possession of two firearms. Uh, the defendant was later charged with being a felon in possession of a firearm. Uh, the district judge ended up denying the defendant's motion to suppress and then they ended up appealing it and it ended up going to the Seventh, court, uh, seventh Circuit. And the decision by Barrett uh, she determined that the police lacked probable cause to search the vehicle based solely upon the tip when no crime was alleged. So uh, she ended up saying that the police were uh, not justified in searching the vehicle. And of course, that case was thrown out. So now going a little bit more into depth of the uh, Cantor v. Barr. Now Cantor v. Barr going a little bit into the background of the case. Uh, Cantor was the owner of, let me scroll up here and give you guys exactly what the fuck he was, um, but Cantor was the owner and CEO of a business called uh, Rico International, and what Rico International did is they sold uh, therapeutic shoes and inserts for individuals with diabetes and severe foot disease. Uh, and basically what happened was, is, uh, the company marketed, uh, the shoes and inserts in inserts to podiatrists who in, then sold them to individuals. Uh, and most of the shoes and inserts were billed and paid for by Medicare. Now, Medicare only pays for inserts that meet certain thickness and, uh, hardness standards. So in 2004, Cantor submitted his inserts to Medicare, to determine if they met the requirements. Uh, Medicare eventually ended up rejecting the first inserts that Cantor sent off, so he sent them an updated product, uh, which at that time, Medicare did approve the second product that they sent. But however, Cantor continued to sell his first um, round of inserts and stated they were Medicare approved. 
and Medicare ended up paying Cantor $375,000 for the non-compliant inserts. Well, on 2011, uh, Cantor ended up pleading guilty to one count of mail fraud. Now, you know, he only served... Um, uh, a year and a day in jail, uh, and he was on supervised release for two years. Uh, he ended up having to pay a $50,000 uh, criminal penalty and reimbursed Medicare over $27 million in a related civil settlement. Now, Cantor has served his time, he paid his criminal penalty, and he has not been charged with any additional criminal activity. However, he is a felon, and under federal law, it is states that no felon can be, possess a firearm. Hence, whenever you purchase a firearm, it's you know on the forty-four seventy-three, it asks, "Have you ever been convicted of a felony?" So obviously, he has. Now, state laws differ. Uh, you know, um, Wisconsin law, it is also uh, illegal for any felon to own a firearm, whereas in Alabama, where I live and work, uh, it is actually only certain felonies that you are not allowed to own and possess a firearm. Now, you can't purchase it legally uh, through a gun store, you know, through a gun store, but through private purchase, um, you know, you can't, you can get a firearm and possess it in Alabama, but, you know, you could be still charged federally, but, you know, most federal uh, prosecutors around here, they're not going to charge. If you just find this cat with a gun and he's a felon, uh, you know, they got so much shit already on their plate, they're not going to take that case. Uh, and you can't charge them through state court because, you know, it might be a nonviolent felony uh, that the state does not recognize as a possession of a, a felon in possession of a firearm. So just kind of, well, you get, you know, don't do anything stupid where a federal judge will want to uh, fucking, you know, mess with you a bit. So, that is the background in reference to Cantor. Now, Cantor ended up suing the federal government, it, it, you know, ergo Barr, that is uh, our current Attorney General Barr. Uh, that is uh, who he stated, you know, he sued. And the courts eventually ended up saying that they agreed that there was no. Uh, legal grounds that cancer can get his uh, farms rights back. Now, uh, Barrett, she ended up being the sole, um, the sole dissenter in regards to this. So, in regards to uh, the dissent, Barrett said. Barrett has said in her dissenting opinion that she thinks that non. I mean. Just in kind of plain terminology, she said that she believes that nonviolent felons should not lose their Second Amendment rights. Now, she does go on to say that the uh, original uh, legislatures and congresses and stuff like that that kind of created these laws, they wanted to make sure that fe that uh, violent felons uh, did not get their rights back, uh, or not their not their rights, but their Second Amendment rights. Uh, you know, that as in trying to protect the people. But she said that you know, in re uh, regards to Cantor, she said that uh, you know, obviously Cantor is not a violent or a uh, threat to, you know, a violent person or a threat to public safety. So, you know, this law was not intended for him. Now, she did say that uh, in regards to previous decisions uh, where it was upheld uh, that a felon was not allowed to have their uh, rights to firearms back, those, so those people uh, were convicted of, 
you know, violent felonies. And it might've been a long time ago. She mentioned one where, uh, there was somebody that was convicted twice of drug trafficking. And, and, you know, that's obviously much different than somebody of, you know, that was found guilty of mail fraud. Uh, she also stated that even people that are violent felons, um, you know, might have a way to get their second amendment rights back. She stated, you know, that if somebody is con- uh, convicted of domestic violence, that they uh, might be eligible to receive their second amendment rights back after 10 years. Uh, or she said, instead, of uh, just doing a blanket order of you are not allowed to have a firearm uh, that you, you know, if you're convicted of a felon, a felony, you are eligible to lose your Second Amendment rights. So she is a little bit more, uh, I guess you could say, flexible in regards to uh, felons getting their rights back in regards to uh, firearms ownership, which personally, I 100% agree with, especially if you're a nonviolent felon. And I'll even say uh, like drug offenses, because, you know, uh, if you are, you know, not in that type of lifestyle anymore and, you know, you're not likely to use, uh, you know, because I'm just going to say, if you are a drug dealer, most likely you're going to have a firearm because you want to protect your product and uh, most likely people are going to be coming after you because they want to steal your shit so you're going to have, you know, a firearm there. But, you know, and uh, there are people that, you know, do change. Uh, I literally saw one the other day, somebody that, you know, I used to, uh, kind of, you know, w- was investigating uh, in regards to uh, drug trafficking and stuff like that, and, and he changed, and he's completely out of the game. So, I mean, people do change, and say, for example, if he would have been charged and he got out of prison, uh, and he is the person now that he is when he gets out of prison, yeah, you know, give him their fucking Second Amendment rights back because they are rehabilitated. You know, he has served his penance uh, for the crime he committed, uh, you know, and especially for nonviolent felons, you know, you have this fucking guy who just basically, uh, like mail fraud, you know, frauded some people, uh, selling a product under a bogus claim that it was Medicare approved. And he ended up, uh, you know, frauding taxpayers money because, you know, Medicare is a tax funded, uh, insurance, uh, medical, uh, fund. So, you know, he ended up, he paid his dues. He gave his restitution. He has not been convicted of any other crime. Didn't even say any other felony, but any other crime since then. So, uh, he's paid his dues and fucking give him his rights back. So, and that really is the only second amendment case that Amy Barrett has, uh, but you know, given an opinion on. So it is kind of tough to say what she feels in regards to the Second Amendment because, uh, you know, she has only been on the bench for three, not even a a grand total of three years. I mean, uh, she was nominated in September of 2017. So, I mean, I'm sorry, exactly, exactly three years in like a, a couple months. So there's not a whole lot for us to say in regards to uh, Amy Barrett and her stance on gun rights, except for that, which is a good, um, predis- you know, uh, a good, what the fucking word am I trying to think? Uh, predictor, I guess you could say. That's what I'm trying. That's what I'm gonna fucking use anyway. A good predictor on her thoughts on the Second Amendment. So, uh, she is obviously in her personal life. Uh, she is a very religious person. 
she, uh, you know, is through her own personal actions, uh, she's very much against uh, abortion. Uh, so honestly, that is probably her most known stance. Uh, she is actually a devout Catholic. Uh, she, uh, you know, was with Scalia. Scalia is a uh, a Spanish, uh, a person of Spanish descent. So he uh, is you know, was Catholic and, and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, she clerked with him, you know, and they, I don't even know what the fuck I'm trying to say. I'm just getting scattered because I got so many fucking million things going through my mind. But basically, anyway, Amy Barrett, she is a Second Amendment supporter in regards to the uh, case that I just mentioned. And also, like I said, she had a pretty good stance on uh, illegal search and seizure, uh, which is... Uh, you know, another good thing for Second Amendment people, because I'm telling you, uh, if the day ever comes in where gun control is passed, uh, there is going to be illegal search and seizure in an attempt to uh, take guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens. So if we can have some sort of case law uh, on the books by the Supreme Court, uh, by the time that happens, that is going to help us and that is going to make uh, us a little bit more secure in regards to uh, the possible future outcome of what may happen. And also, uh, she has gained support from different Second Amendment advocacy groups like the NRA, uh, FPC, uh, all that kind of stuff. And also, I will say she has garnered the hate of some organizations we don't like, like Moms Demand Action. Uh, there's actually one report where uh, I'm reading a article written by Moms Demand Action uh, talking uh, about Amy Barrett, uh, and they are obviously saying that may note mistakes. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett is a gun rights extremist who has no place on the Supreme Court. Uh, she has uh, an alarming interpretation, uh, which would make this uh, alarming interpretation of the Second Amendment would make her an ideal Supreme Court justice for the NRA, but a terrible one for the safety of the American people. Uh, and they go on to say how uh, she wrote that uh, dissent stating that, <laughs> and this this is the actual wording, it's funny. Uh, she said, you know, the article goes on to state from Moms Demand Action in a 2019 dissent, which is highlighted in every town's memo. Judge Barrett wrote that people convicted of serious felonies should be allowed to possess guns and endorsed a dangerously, largely historical approach to a Second Amendment analysis similar to one used by Justice Kavanaugh and other opponents of strong safety law, strong safety gun laws, gun safety laws. So basically, aka gun control. Um, I just think it's funny how they said that people convicted of serious felonies, uh, where you think fucking mail fraud is a uh, serious felony. Yeah, I don't think so. But there are numerous other uh, articles. Now, there's here's an interesting one from the News Republic, and the title of it is uh, Amy Coney Barrett wants. Uh, felons to have guns but not votes so uh, that's something else uh, you know they're talking about how she could uh, you know potential impact in regards to LGBT rights uh, federal federal regulations uh, involving LGBT rights stuff like that uh, and just goes on of course to say about the canter and bar because really that's that's the only opinion that she's given uh, that has any sort of impact in regards to uh, the Second Amendment. So, and uh, there is a chance that the Supreme 
Supreme Court uh, could be taking on more Second Amendment cases uh, in regards to red flag laws, uh, things of that nature, uh, universal background checks. So having her on the court would be really nice. Uh, you know, it has been 10 years since the uh, Supreme Court has heard any gun control cases. And in the meantime, uh, circuit control, uh, circuit courts controlled by Democrats with a jurisdiction over 24 states plus D.C. have approved uh, even more gun control regulations saying, you know, yep, they're constitutional when and in fact they're not. Um, you know, no gun maker uh, has figured out yet how to meet California's requirement for micro stamping, you know, which is something that they're wanting to do uh, for all of their handguns. And then uh, handguns that don't meet uh, California's damn near impossible standard uh, will soon be banned. And, uh, you know, the Ninth, Ninth Circuit Court, they have given us some hope in regards to possible um, gun control regulations being shut down, you know, i.e. magazine bans, uh, you know, standard capacity magazine bans. Uh, you know, we've seen that being upheld twice now, but it is, again, going before a full panel of judges on the Ninth Circuit Court. So who knows if the, uh, you know, the complete panel of the Ninth Circuit will see that, you know, standard capacity magazine bans are, you know, constitutional, like the two previous decisions. And then if they do, uh, you know, it might have an opportunity to go before the Supreme Court. And if that happens, then the Supreme Court can have a huge outstanding impact on the rest of the country, especially for people in other less free states like Illinois. New Jersey, New York, Colorado, uh, you know, where they all have standard capacity magazine bans. It's very interesting. Crazy times we're seeing. Crazy times we're seeing. Uh, so, you know, that's just what we have to see and what we have to look forward to. The second, you know, the first presidential uh, debate will be have, you know, be upcoming in regards uh, to uh, the November elections. I am looking forward to it as fuck. I cannot wait to see what's going to happen. And this is something uh, that I think that everybody needs to pay attention to in regards to the November elections. You know, obviously, I think, you know, we should elect pro-Second Amendment politicians. Um, you know, I'm. you may not agree with me politically. Uh, you know, I am not a humongous Joe Jorgensen fan. I don't think she has a chance in Helen Winnin, but also just some of her personal... Uh, opinions that she has given uh, on certain uh, social issues, I guess you could say. You know, it's not just Black Lives Matter, but other social issues. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of. So because of that, I'm just going to straight up say, you know, I'm voting for Trump. I, you know, I'm not saying you should vote for Trump because I'm voting for Trump. I think you should vote for, with your conscience. Uh, and if you're listening to this podcast, you are a Second Amendment enthusiast. I'm not going to, you know, you are a Second Amendment supporter. Uh, so I hope that you take that into context uh, because that's going to go ahead and lead into our next story, you know, getting out of the Amy Barrett's uh, story. But basically, um, Joe Biden has uh, stated that the Second Amendment does not protect individual rights. Uh, during an event, Biden was asked, do you agree with D.C. Heller decision in regards to protecting the individual right to bear arms? 
Uh, and he goes to say, if I were on the court, I wouldn't have made the same ruling. Okay, that's number one. Uh, he says he's taught years uh, of constitutional law and uh, separation of powers. And he goes on to say that, you know, that he wouldn't have made that that choice. And if you go look at the Biden website, you know, for where he is, you know, his Biden for president website, uh, he is clear in, in stating that he wants universal background checks. He wants red flag laws and he wants to ban modern sporting rifles, quote unquote, what he calls assault weapons. So uh, that's something that you need to, you know, think of whenever you are electing your politicians. Uh, you know, I hope that if you know, I hope. Well, and that's not even necessarily the case because I have family members that are extremely progressive liberals, but they are firm in. You know, they they just are. It's a no budget issue that their Second Amendment right uh, basically means that they can own belt fed machine guns. Uh, you know, they're odd characters, but that's what they believe in. So, uh, you know, I think it is very interesting with this current election. Uh, with the Supreme Court, with the extreme politics that's going on, uh, I'm interested to see what's going to happen in November. Uh, but honestly, right now, I'm just more interested to see if Biden's going to uh, have a, a forgot, you know, forgetful grandpa moments on the stage tomorrow in his debate. So, uh, you know, vote and get out there and vote for politicians that will support your Second Amendment. Uh, going on into the next story, uh, 13 rounds of smuggled ammunition has been caught at the Mexican border. This comes to us from the firearms blog. Um, you know, that's just kind of interesting because there is major, uh, violence going on in Mexico between the cartels and the government and just the cartels amongst themselves. Uh, there obviously is some, you know, firearms and ammunition and stuff like that, that is going from America to, uh, Mexico in regards to, uh, you know, gun violence. I'm not going to say that that is the main issue because there is also numerous stories and, and instances where soldiers will, you know, join the Mexican mil you know, the Mexican army, get the training that they need. And then they'll just, you know, abandon the army with their equipment and then they'll go work for the cartels, stuff like that. Uh, and then not only that, when you're dealing with, you know, international drug trade, uh, you can get, you know, your firearms because, you know, they're not using semi-automatic, uh, you know, modern sporting rifles. They're using fully automatic weapons. Uh, so they're getting that shit from somewhere else. But, you know, it's an interesting thing. And we're going to leave on this last little good tidbit. And the SSSF, which is the uh, Scholastic Clay Shooting, uh, the Scholastic Clay Target and Scholastic Shooting Sports Programs, uh, it is a uh, scholarship program. They have awarded $55,000 in scholarships. So awesome on that. I am love to see the shooting sports uh, continue and uh, I'm just ecstatic. You know, it's it's crazy. When I went through college, I never would have thought that you could have got a scholarship uh, to be shooting. Uh, but there is scholastic shooting teams, uh, not only just in college, but also in high school. And, uh, you know, Clemson's got a pretty good social media uh, in regards to their shooting team. So go ahead and check out, uh, you know, your favorite school. Uh, you know, obviously I'm a humongous University of Alabama fan, Roll Tide Roll. 
so I'm a humongous University of Alabama fan, and I support my school and you know the the school that's a, a support and uh, you know support support any scholastic shooting teams that you can, whether it's through volunteering, uh, support on social media to get them uh, more publicity, uh, donations, whatever it may be. Support your local shooting sports and participate in them. You know, participate in USPSA, participate in IDPA, whatever it may be, uh, and just get out there and shoot. We have a few products that are in the news, and then we actually have a review on a product. So the first thing we're going to be talking about is True Velocity, uh, and this is you know kind of more of like I said along the lines of news, but it's very interesting uh, that I just kind of wanted to throw out in, and I couldn't tell if I was going to put it in the main segment or put it in this, but because of everything that we're dealing with with ammo, it is definitely uh, gear related. Uh, but basically, True Velocity uh, Advanced Manufacturing states they have the potential to reinvent ammunition supply chains uh, and what happened was is uh, during a testimony in front of the House Armed Services Committee uh, the Assistant Secretary of the Army for Acquisition Logistics uh, and then they're talking about the shortfalls uh, so what is going on is basically uh, True Velocity is stating that they can ship manufacturing infrastructure anywhere in the world and can create operational manufacturing cells within months. Traditional ammunition traditional ammunition manufacturing lines take as long as two years to accomplish similar outputs uh, and true velocity is kind of a newer company that hasn't been around for very long they've been around since 2010 they are based in the u.s with manufacturing operations in garland texas uh, they have more than 1 million rounds of true velocity composite cased cartridges uh, and they are delivering those to the u.s army between 2020 and 2021 uh, and they are uh, testing them as ammunition solutions uh, for the U.S. Army's next generation squad of weapons. But basically what it is, and um, if y'all are familiar with this, if you're not, I'm going to kind of try and explain it to you, uh, is if you're familiar with car crushing, which is basically, you know, you uh, have an old beat down piece of shit car that you just want to sell for scrap metal. You take it to a car crusher, uh, they pay you for the, the metal, and then they crush it and send it off to a recycling manufacturer. Well, there are basically mobile car crushers that like are going around on 18-wheeler beds, uh, and basically True Velocity is talking about having kind of like these mobile ammunition manufacturing sites uh, that are quick to disassemble and reassemble and move around to wherever there is the greatest need for ammo. So if there's greater need for ammo in the south uh, for 9mm, you know, you, you can uh, move a 9mm, you know, ammunition factory down here, set it up real quick and start making 9mm ammunition here. Uh, and if it's 308 out in the Midwest, that would be moved out there and they could start making 308. So it's just kind of a, a cool little logistical plan that they're talking about doing um 
It is more for being, you know, obviously since I was talking about U.S. Armed Services Committee, it's being done uh, more in the realm of military, uh, but it is obviously could be used in the civilian side as well. So that's kind of cool. So going on into the next thing, uh, there is a new endpoint acro mount for rifle scopes and CZ shadow pistols. you know, cool deal. Basically, uh, it's the little uh, mounting plates that you would see for the aimpoint acros, uh, and it's on like a scope ring. Basically, that's that's the easiest way to put it. Uh, you could use this on rifle scopes, and you could use this on the CZ shadows. So, you know, that's cool. Uh, new thing from Enforce: the Wild Two handgun light is now available, and it's kind of long. It almost, you know, lengthwise. I guess you would. I would probably say it's very similar to like a shirt. Fire X300. Um, it is MSRP at 179. Uh, looking at it, it takes two 123A batteries positioned side by side in the housing, uh, and it can offer a 1,000 lumen output uh, with the intensity of 25,000 candelas. So I mean, that's nothing to shake a stick at. Um, you know, Enforce is uh, a really good brand. It's a shit ton better than Olight. Uh, I think you know they're kind of up there with the Streamlights and the Surefires. In reference to uh, reliability and all that good stuff, uh, so that's a cool deal. More options, better for the consumer. Uh, the next thing going on is going to be coming to us from Bushnell, uh, and Bushnell is offering uh, new reflex sights, uh, RX 1000 and RX 250. Uh, and basically, what it is, uh, the difference is they have uh, eight and ten dot uh, brightness settings. Uh, one of them is kind of a rounded. Uh, up top, the other one's kind of flat. Both aluminum housings. Um, they uh, have the common footprints with the Delta Point Pros uh, for direct mounting. So uh, that is something that's being offered. Looking at, uh, you know, they got four MOA dots, uh, unlimited eye relief, multicolored lenses. Um, dots can be adjusted for windage with a total of 100 MOA range with one MOA click values. Uh, you know, pretty interesting. Uh, Bushnell, I you know, the MSRP on them is around nine ninety nine ninety nine. Um, the RX two or RX S two fifty has a lot more features, uh, and it's going to have a higher MSRP MSRP price of two forty nine ninety nine. So it's uh you know, kind of a a budget. Versus, I guess they're trying. I mean, honestly, it looks like a, a hollow sun, so I guess they're trying to uh, compete with them. You know, I'm not a, I'm just now getting into red dots, and uh, that's what my review is on is, is on a red dot that I uh, have on my new Glock 43X MOS. Uh, so, I, you know, don't have a whole lot of experience in regards to uh, what's best, what's not. I did a lot of research in regards to this one, and I'm starting uh, doing some research on a uh, new red dot for uh, my full-size guns. But, uh, you know, I've known some competitors uh, that use Bushnell, and these guys aren't no slouches, you know, grandmasters, stuff like that. So uh, they used a Bushnell, but this is back when red dot sights were still fairly new, and you didn't have, like, you know, when you see, like, a race gun, you see, you know, like, a rail mounted to the side, and you got your bush, uh, your red dot mounted on top now this is before the the carry optics divisions uh started coming out so he was competing in open and went no slouch and he had a bushnell on his and he did pretty well with it so uh you know bushnell kind of on the 
middle of the road uh, kind of optic. So uh, that's just some new options that Bushnell is offering for optic sights. Uh, and the one that I'm going to be talking about is a Romeo Zero. Uh, I just like I said before in a previous podcast, I got my Glock 43 XMOS. Uh, I was trying to find a red dot sight for it because uh, I wanted to start getting into red dot sights uh, in regards to you know carrying them on my you know everyday carry guns. And I was really wanting the Hollow Sun uh, 507K or the 407K, uh, but they, you know, were nowhere to be found. So I ended up getting the uh, Romeo Zero. Now the Romeo Zero uh, is a RMS footprint, which is why I was kind of limited on what I could get for my uh, my Glock. And then another reason why I went with that is because. Um, we have a law enforcement uh, distributor here. Uh, they are a huge SIG distributor, and that's primarily what they carry and sell is SIG products. Um, so they had some of the Romeo Zeros available, and I ended up getting it for like I think it was like 140 uh, with you know law enforcement pricing and all that other kind of shit. So it was a pretty good price. They're normally MSRP around like 200, 220. And uh, you know it's a it's a good site. Uh, it has got a larger six MOA dot, which I personally like, uh, just because it helps me find a little bit easier uh, whenever I'm taking aim. And I've done some draw strokes with it. Uh, it's nice. It is uh, shake awake, so uh, you know don't have to press anything to turn it on. Uh, and also it automatically turns off. I think after two hours of non-use, uh, the battery life on it is okay. You know it's not amazing but it's okay uh, the only thing I don't like about it is that you have to take off the site completely uh, whenever you decide to change the battery uh, so I'm not a humongous fan of that uh, and it is a polymer housing uh, I'd rather much have had the uh, aluminum housing of the hollow suns uh, but again I could not find a hollow sun so I ended up getting to what I had because there was no uh, info on whenever hollow sun was going to come back in stock with their uh, 507ks or the 407ks and uh, you know the shields uh, which you know the the shield optics uh, they're a bit more expensive uh, they have a little bit more uh, I guess reliability behind their name or uh, you know more of a track record uh, you know I was again wanting to get something soon uh, and you know I didn't there was nobody around here that sold the shields and I ended up going with the the Romeo Zero which I'm pretty happy with so far I'm not planning on, on beating the hell out of it like I would like a normal everyday duty carry gun like if it was something that I carry uh, at the range on my side uh, or on duty uh, at work you know I definitely would get the aluminum housing uh, something a little bit more reliable sturdy strong that kind of stuff uh, so that way if it fell uh, or got bumped up against something or I need to rack it up against something it wasn't going to break that polymer housing and you know polymers is a pretty strong plastic but uh, I'd much rather have a metal uh, frame for my optic so the Romeo optic uh, the Romeo zero optic is pretty good definitely recommend it for its purpose which is you know for the compact uh, like the rain, uh, the, the obviously like the Sig 365s, Glock 43X MOS will fit on there, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's going to be it for the gun gear news and reviews. Let's go ahead and start getting into the gun culture segment and start wrapping this shit up. I'm still with. 
hating when they know that I'm that dude. I hear they hating cause they know I got the juice. Uh huh. Yeah. They like, oh, they watching how I move. Motherfuckers, they be acting like we cool. Fuck you thought this was, nigga, I ain't no fool. All right, welcome to the gun culture segment, and we're going to be talking about a great war movie uh, that is on Netflix, and that is Defiance. Uh, it has Daniel Craig, who is a the current uh, James Bond, and it was kind of uh, this is his movie before he became James Bond. It came out in two thousand eight, so uh, it's a World War II film uh, starring Daniel Craig and also Liev Schreiber uh, as brothers, and they are basically uh, Jewish. Uh, out Jewish refugees that are hiding in the woods and they start a resistance movement uh, against the Nazis that are occupying Poland. It's a great movie. It's a great story. It's based on a true story. Uh, so I, you know, I'm a sucker for historical true story movies. And because of that, I greatly recommend that you go check it out. So uh, let's start talking about the firearms in it. And one reason why I picked this is because obviously it's a war two movie. It has some amazing classic firearms in there. Uh, it has a Walther P38 uh, that Daniel Craig uses a lot. Of course, it also has a lot of Tokarevs uh, because they were on Poland. Uh, they were assisted a lot by Russian army. So they have uh, a Tokarev pistols in there. Uh, they also have uh, the Camelot Delvine model 1873, uh, which is an old French revolver. Pretty cool looking. Uh, almost looks like a Nagant revolver. Nagant revolver, but there are Nagant revolvers in here. Uh, there is the Nagant M1895s. There is also a lot of MP40s, uh, the old uh, German submachine guns, and there is also uh, a PPSH41, which is a cool, uh, pretty cool um, Russian submachine gun. Uh, there's also a lot of Moise and the Gots, the 9130s. Uh, there's a lot of Mauser 1938s. Again, you know, they're in World War II. Uh, there's the Moise and the Gott M38 carbines. Uh, there's also uh, a Takarev SVT 40, uh, which is kind of uh, like a semi automatic rifle. Uh, there's also a Mauser uh, Carabiner 98K, uh, which some of the uh, German infantry units use. Uh, of course, there's just a generic 12-gauge uh, double-barrel shotgun. Uh, there's also, and you're going to have to uh, forgive my pronunciation of this, there is a Deg Terev DP, uh, which is a belt-fed machine gun uh, in 7.62 by 54. This is obviously a Russian uh, belt-fed machine gun. There's also a MG34 that they ended up uh, getting from a German tank, pretty badass looking gun, and then of course you can't have a World War II movie with Nazi guys in it and not have the MG42, the bone saw. Uh, there's also you know some hand grenades in there, all that kind of good stuff. I definitely would suggest you go check out Defiance. Like I said, it is a great movie and I'm a sucker for, uh, based on you know true story, historical movies. Uh, it's pretty cool and especially I recommend if you watch it and you're into history in somewhat of a fashion, check out the story behind uh, the uh, resistance movement in uh, Poland. It's pretty cool. So with that, let's go ahead and finish up the culture segment and let's start wrapping the show up. Be my dirty bands on. Bands on. Catching up on the office, I don't need dope. As long as I am a legend in my hometown. 
Respect is why I did it from the ego. Yeah, you know, I can't wait today. I can't wait today. Thought I lost it all like everything. Bitch like everything. Came back from my bag, I'm back to play. But don't play with me. I can turn it all around today. I ain't never late, never late. I can't wait today. I can't wait today. Bitch, I need my bed like Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to greatly appreciate you to listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. And also leave us a review is the best way for people that are looking for gun-related content on their podcast subscribers, uh, our podcast platforms to find us. Uh, also, go ahead and check out our social media and like and follow us there. Uh, check out some of the cool stuff that we are doing and also some of the funny memes that we post. We have some pretty good shit on there. Uh, so check us out on uh, Facebook, 2A Lifestyle the number 2A Lifestyle, and on Instagram, 2A Lifestyle, to spell out T-W-O-A Lifestyle. We also have a website. Go ahead and check us out at 2alifestyle.com. We have some pretty cool stuff going on there. Uh, we post the podcast on there. We also post
post articles and we have a little uh, e-store. And then also check out our Patreon. Uh, we greatly appreciate any assistance you guys give us on Patreon. Anything that you guys give us on Patreon, even if it's just a dollar a month, it goes straight into this podcast. Uh, it goes to publishing it. It goes to buy equipment to make this a better experience. And also it goes uh, for the expenses on whenever we go on trips to cover farms, industry, stories, uh, especially what's SHOT Show coming up. Already pre-registered for it, so I cannot wait to do it. But with you guys' assistance, uh, it you know makes it where I don't have to come out of my own personal pocket for it. Uh, so I greatly appreciate any assistance you guys can give me on that uh, and anything that you give us on Patreon. Like I said, it goes straight back into the show. Uh, so with that, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. I will see you guys in two weeks, and keep on and enjoying that 2A lifestyle. Now, before we go on into the gun uh, gear news and reviews segment, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsor, Coldwork Concealment. Go ahead and check out Cliff at Coldwork Concealment, guys. Uh, he is a great supporter of the show. Uh, he, you know, obviously helps us out, and he also makes a great product. He makes great Kydex holsters. Uh, he's got a new website on there, so not only is he making Kydex holsters, but he's also selling great gun products, barrels. He's also selling some leather holsters. Uh, He's just killing out there at uh, Cowork Concealment. So check out Cliff at Cowork Concealment, either on Facebook or on Instagram or CoworkConcealment.com.